0: the inner journey is far more exciting than the outer journey you know would you rather be poor and unknown with 30 people around you that just love you and love being with you and you love being with them or would you rather be powerfully rich and famous but all alone you know <laughs> in the end in the end and we're all going to go one day you know we're all just here for a we're a blink of an eye we're a brief moment in history just A speck of sand, you know, going through time and space. You know, at the end, all you have are memories. Make some good ones.
1: Hello and welcome to Here's to Life with Tori Reed, presented by Victory & Noble, a storytelling company with executive producer Patrick Howell. Here's to Life with Tori Reed was brought to you in part by... We have all been through incredible changes since 2020. In fact, more people are committed to living their best lives than ever before. At Here's to Life with Tori Reed, we are staying healthy and hydrated throughout this episode, courtesy of our premier partners at Vivro Water, a sustainable solutions company who has been leading the charge for nearly 40 years for a kinder, smarter, and lighter planet. With the most reliable, highest performing, and eye-catchingly stylish water dispensing equipment available, they specialize in advanced water filtration, chilling, and carbonation at the touch of a button or pull of a handle. Vivro water is precisely the kind of life choice here's to life's leading icons, culture makers, and outliers are making as we all try to lead our very best lives. Sustainable water making the world responsible and healthier. One conversation, one pour at a time. Go to vivrowater.com, V-I-V-R-E-A-U water.com for more information. Tom Dreesen, a true comedian's comedian. One of the world's most groundbreaking, well-respected, and beloved entertainers. And the man who made Frank Sinatra himself laugh. We unpacked some of his 52 years in show business during our Part 1 episode, where we discuss his magical journey with Frank Sinatra and what he misses most about him, the power of laughter, his latest book still standing, and the future of comedy. In this Part 2 conversation, we continue with the inner workings of show business, how to have balance in your life, your ego versus spirit, and much more. Let's jump into it now. You've been in Hollywood for a long time, and after that experience, did you come to see it differently because you were with an elite, legendary circle?
0: Yes, the difference is I never have been a Hollywood kind of guy. I'm a street guy. I don't have a degree from academia, but I got a doctorate from the streets. I literally grew up on the streets, you know. So when I came to Hollywood, I was turned off by these people who get one role on a sitcom and the next day they don't really talk to you because you haven't had one role on a sitcom. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know those people. The, the, oh, yeah. They the they the, they come out here and 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 they 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 get a you know a, a little bit of fame and the next you know they want uh, you know to be treated differently. After all, I'm a star. I, I'm trying to have breakfast and you're asking me for an autograph. Can't I have any privacy? I want to strangle you. You know you you know <laughs> when you came in this business, you didn't know that if you got any fame, people were going to ask you for an autograph. Stop acting so offended. You you know you're a tortured artist. Being with Frank Sinatra, these were people that were so comfortable in their skin. The Sidney yeah. Portiers—I mean, one of the finest gentlemen I've, I've ever, ever known was Sidney Portier. Just a wonderful human being. Gregory Peck, Kirk Douglas, uh, Jack Lemon, and this way—all these people—they were comfortable in the skin. You know what they would talk about when I was at Frank's house? These are people I saw in the movies when I was growing up in Harvey. I, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, rarefied air. They would say, Tommy, stand-up comedy. How can you do that? Tell me, how did you get interested in stand-up comedy? They would talk about me, you know, because that's the kind of people they were. You know, I, I wanted to ask them a hundred questions, you know. Again, that Hollywood is gone. That Hollywood will never come back. Uh, you know, it, it's gone oh, now. Wow. It's gone. It's full of. Uh, just these massive egos, you know, that, uh, you know, Tori, you and I have talked about this in the past. I've always, when I was reading a lot, when I was in the service and reading these books, reading about yin and yang, and I didn't quite understand the yin and the yang, you know, and and it it dawned on me at one day, what it really is, is that we're born, it's our spirit or our ego. That's the yin and the yang in our, in our system. When we're born, we're born pure spirit. We don't know if we're boy or girl, black or white, Jew or Gentile, We're just a spirit and we gravitate to anything that loves us. And and we love back. We're spirit. One day, well-intentioned adults, sometimes misinformed, they start programming our computer. Little boys do this. Little girls do this. We Catholics do this. We choose to do this, whatever You're, you're being programmed. All of a sudden at a certain age, you begin to develop an image of yourself based upon their input. Thus the ego is formed. So the rest of your life, it's your ego and your spirit, your ego and your spirit. Now, that that you yin and your yang. Now your, your ego demands that you walk down the street and get mobbed. That people uh, will you know bow to you. Your ego can never get enough fame, fortune, money, power. It has an insatiable appetite. It just can't get enough. Your spirit, conversely, is like that song of the seventies by the Hollies: "All I need is the air that I breathe and to love you." That's all your spirit needs. So you're driving down the street. A guy pulls in front of you. Slam on the brakes. You're cursing, "Doggone you, stupid!" Some you know that's your ego. You know, your spirit says, Oh, are you all right? I'm so glad. I'm okay. We're okay. Oh, have a good day. So that's your fight the rest of your life. In Hollywood, they are so ego driven. Yes. You know, and the ego will drive you to a place where you won't be able to survive. It it has an insatiable appetite. So if you're in this business, because you love to make people laugh because you love to sing, because you love to act and maybe change people's uh, view on life. If you're in it for the love of the profession, you're in it for all the right reasons. If you're in it because I'll show all the mess back home, I'll show that father, that mother, I'll show those people who said that's your ego. I guarantee you, you're going to be very unhappy one day because If you're an insecure, neurotic, sometimes psychotic, love-starved wreck when you're poor and unknown, when you're rich and famous, it doesn't get better. It gets worse because you thought rich and famous was going to take away all this angst. And when it doesn't, oh my God, that means I've got to go inside. And the inner journey is far more exciting than the outer journey.
1: Let's talk about fame. And I shared what you told me with Richard Roundtree and he was stumped. He said, that's perfect. He's so right. And- you said fame is far worse than cocaine. You said it's a dangerous <laughs> drug. Do you remember yeah. saying that? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he loved that.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it, you know, at this time in history, we confuse fame with significance. You know, <laughs> yes. yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, again, the inner journey is far more exciting than the outer journey. You know would you rather be poor and unknown with 30 people around you that just love you and love being with you and you love being with them? Or would you rather be powerfully rich and famous, but all alone You know, <laughs> in the end, in the end, and we're all going to go one day, you know, we're all just here for a, we're a blink of an eye, we're a brief moment in history, just a speck of sand, you know, going through time and space, you know, At the end, all you have are memories. Make some good ones.
1: When he talks, I always listen. Tom Dreesen is not only a pioneer and legend in the entertainment industry, but he's a beautiful soul who gets it right. And not only is he woke, he's always teaching those who are really listening. The spirit versus ego. Think about that. The power of fame is worse than cocaine. Really think about that. So many people want to be famous, but do they really know what all comes with it? And if they can handle it, let alone navigate through it all. Tom Dreesen exemplifies the gentleman's way of doing show business by his very being. And it's also in his strength, composure, and wisdom that he learned on his own and collected along the way through genuine relationships with fellow artists and dynamic people he is blessed to call friends. And yes, he's made some incredible memories. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Another legend that you adore. Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford. Our exec producer says, Tom Dreesen is the last living member of the Rat Pack. That's how he sees you. (laughs) You're the honorary member.
0: People have said that, but truthfully, I didn't run with the Rat Pack as a pack. I ran with them individually. I, of course, through yes. with Sammy for years. I Dean Martin, I yes. did the Dean Martin Rose. I played golf with Dean. I did shows mm-hmm. with him. Uh, I, I loved him. He was such a great guy. And of course, Frank. And, and, and so I knew those people and I performed with those people individually and, and got together with Frank, Sammy and Dean at Frank's house and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but wasn't really part of the pack. I might be one of the few people alive that you could count on one hand that knew them personally. A lot of people knew them, met them once or twice and then wrote four books on them, you know. Mm -hmm. But I knew them personally. I was with them alone, alone with Frank till the sun came up. As I said, he never went to bed till the sun came up. So when I stayed at his compound some nights, he would say, Tommy, let's go for a ride. And we'd ride around in the desert till the sun came up and he'd talk about growing up in Hoboken and, and I would talk about growing up in Harvey, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then Sammy, of course, I was, a, he, we were, we had a great relationship and, uh, um, you know, I went to Sammy's funeral with uh, Frank and Dean. Oh, no. it, it, Sammy, I got to know him on a personal level. He got the biggest kick out of, as you know, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, so my first earlier comedy routines about growing up around black folks, and I'm the only white guy. My album in front of an all black audience is called "That White Boy Is Crazy," and for a reason, because when I was growing up, I was playing basketball on all black basketball team, football on all black football team. Richard Pryor wanted me to call my album "That Honky's Crazy," and I said, "You know, because you know he had that N words Crazy album." He said, "You should call that Honky." I said, "Richard, I'd do that." No black person ever in my life ever called me honky or cracker. They never call. They call me white boy, you know, and affectionately. They'd say, you know, um, you know, even if I went back home now and they were arguing about a game that we played years ago, and one of the brothers would be arguing, man, I scored two touchdowns. And white boy was there. White boy, come here, tell him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I, you know, I was twelve years old when I found out my name wasn't white boy, you know. Uh, But Sammy, the first time I did Sammy Davis's TV show called Sammy and Company, I did a whole routine about being the only white kid in an all-black situation. And Sammy just fell off the chair laughing at that. And he said to me on that show, he said, I'm going to take you on the road with me. And he did, you know. And so we would, when we'd get alone, it's funny (laughs) because Sammy was a brilliant, Sammy had one year of formal education, one year. And he could read the encyclopedia backwards. I mean, he was brilliant. He he was self taught. He was an erudite, you know. Yes. When, uh, when Sammy and I would, Sammy could discuss in any subject matter. But we got alone ourselves. He we would he would start talking to me like we were two black guys from the neighborhood, <laughs> and I of course I, I, it's, there were so many funny stories I could tell about that. But it's a lesson that I learned as a young boy, so early in life, that I never saw color. I just didn't see color. Now, that's a God given gift. I, no one trained me to do that. No one taught me to mm-hmm. do that. It's just that I grew up and the opening of my book is how I grew up in this black neighborhood and, and how the black guys taught me how to go ball hawking mm-hmm. at a golf course, how to make a few nickels and dimes, you know, chasing golf balls that were hit over the fence. I did, I only saw the spirit, you know, I saw the spirit in a human being. I either gravitated to you or I didn't. By the way, I'm going to digress here. Once I was at a place where this a guy named Askenazi owned all these hotels and he had all this art. Frank and I were doing a show for him and he was showing me all this art and I apologized. I said, you know, Monet's and stuff like that. I said, "Miss Askenazi, I don't know anything about art. I don't understand it. He said, what's to understand? You either respond or you don't. He said, when you're in a car listening to all these records playing, do you run out and buy every song you hear? every album? No, but certain songs you respond to. You either respond or you don't. Well, that's how I was as a child. I either responded to a human being or I didn't, but I didn't see color. Yes. That's the name of that tune.
1: The beloved poet Rumi said, Love is not an emotion. It's your very existence. Tom Dreesen is an incredible spirit. He's known great joy and great pain and yet is a fierce advocate for joy, fairness, and decency. He surrounds himself with goodness, good people, good energy, places that make him feel good. He's masterminded positivity for his life. He has always been a beautiful light to me and an inspiration. And his wisdom, just the way he does life, should be heard, studied, and admired. Talent versus genius. What's the difference?
0: Well, talent is what you possess. Genius is what possesses you. And that's a sad commentary because I've known a lot of geniuses, you know. Mm -hmm. And by the way, stand-up comedians. I've known five comedians who committed suicide. Wonderful comedians, Mm. you know. Uh, 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 not to bring this conversation down, but I believe in my years and 51, now it's 52 years in show business, that 85% of all stand up comedians that I met are insecure, sometimes neurotic, sometimes psychotic, loved, starved, wrecks, total wrecks. And the other 15% are gifted, confident people who say, I know how to write a joke and I know how to tell a joke, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to think I'm in the ladder, but never trust somebody that tells you they're sane, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, as I pointed out earlier, if if you're an insecure neurotic love star wreck, when you're poor and unknown, when you're rich and famous, it doesn't get better, you know? So you got to take care of that before you go on that journey of fame, you know, along with this fame comes a lot of responsibility. Probably the thing that you'd want to say that if I were sitting alone with you, Tori, having lunch like we do sometimes or dinner, I'd say, honey, draw a pie, draw a circle. And I want you to cut that pie into five slices. But I want all those slices to be equal, to bring balance into your life. One, your relationship. Two, your family. Three, your friends. Four, your career. And five, yourself. How would you divide that pie I want you to divide that pie into five slices, and each one has to be equal. There was a time when I looked at the pie, and the majority of that was my career. Majority, I realized that I was leaving out not only family, relationship, friends, but self. How yes. much time do you spend developing self? Yes. So that's an interesting way to try to see if you have balance in your life.
1: When do you feel the most loved?
0: Well, of course, when I when I see that my children and my grandchildren, when, they, when I walk in the door and they come running up to you and they hug you, you know, when you don't have to bring it to them, they run to you, you know. Uh, I, I've been a hugger my whole life. I used to say, uh, Sammy Davis was a hugger. I, I said, Sammy hugs stop signs, you know. He loved to, <laughs> he loved to hug. You know? But if I'm around my children, if I put my arm out, they just know automatically to come into my arms, you know. That's when I feel the most up. Family, you know, family. What greater love than that? Yes. I would like to tell you that laughter makes me feel loved, but that's a misnomer. I mean, it is a lot for comedians. It's that emptiness that was in their life that they didn't get a lot of love growing up. So that laughter is love for them. But then that's fleeting, isn't it? It yes. goes away the moment you walk off the stage. I wrote a mm-hmm. poem years ago called The Comedian and Old Freddy, and I won't do that for you either, but it's, it's about a comedian. Do it. No, it's okay. No, it, it, I don't know if I could, I'll I'll see if I could do this. Do we have time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He sat inside his dressing room feeling 10 feet tall. He could still hear their laughter echoing through the hall. Many years of struggle nights inside the car had all been worth this moment for tonight. Tonight he was a star. Suddenly an old man walked in 80 years old of a day. He said, sorry, son, I thought you'd gone. I'll clean up if I may. The young man said, go right ahead, sir. I won't be very long. He said, hey, I'll bet in your time many funny men have come and gone. Am I as good as those before, he heard himself exclaim, surprised that he had asked that, but compelled to just the same. The old man smiled as if he knew the hardships of the game. He said, yes, son, I've seen them all and the way they handle fame. Now you got more than most I've seen, but if you really care to hear, come back out on stage with me and let me have your ear. You see those empty seats out there that held your mini fans and that picture of your family and friends that's on your makeup stand? Well, when the sweet applause has had its day and you are left alone, the truest fans who knew you then will still be there at home. He said, well, thank you, old man. And what is your name? You've given me more than my fortune and fame. He said, you're welcome, young man. And my name, my name is old Freddy. I wish you the best because I know you're ready. Next night, he could hardly wait for a second show to end so he could talk to the cleaning man so he could see the cleaner man and talk with him again. And as the owner passes over, he paused to say goodnight. He asked the comedian why he's sticking around. Is everything all right? He said, I'm waiting for old Freddy. I talked with him last night. He gave me some great advice. The kind I know is right. The owner said, but son, old Freddie ain't been here for years. He came here when this place was built and he even died right here. He said, wow. Thank you, old man. And what was your name? You've given me more than my fortune and fame.
1: That's beautiful. Where is
2: that
0: from? You talk me into do that. I wrote that one night. I was touring with Sammy Davis, and the audience gave him standing ovation. We had a great crowd that night. And they kept giving him standing ovations, standing ovations. And then I went to my dressing room, and people cleared the, the arena that we were in and were waiting for everybody to go. And Sammy and I were going to go out and have some a bite to eat. And I was walking across the stage to go to his dressing room, and I looked out. All that love was gone. Mm. all those people that were standing and cheering, I looked out at that empty theater and they were all gone. Oh, and that's what compelled me to write that.
1: Well, you know, I love to gush over you and tell you what I feel about you, but how do you see you?
0: Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm asked a lot. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good father now, but I don't think I always was. I, I, I've chased my dream and I, and my children had to chase that dream with me. And, um, and I, there's so many things I would, I wish I could go back and spend more time with them. So I mm-hmm. see me as, as, as a, a father that lays awake at night, some nights saying, I wish I would have spent more time with those kids when they were little, cause I love them so much. But the other thing is I'm, I'm a good worker. I'm a good friend. I, if If you're a friend to me then I'll do anything for you if I can. I remember once uh, Frank Sinopter did a real good big favor for me. And I kept thanking him. He said, Tommy, stop it. You know, what I, mean? I said, well, I didn't want to impose. And he grabbed my arm. He said, Tommy, friends are never an imposition. And I never forgot that. You know, mm-hmm. So if you're my friend, you can't impose upon me. So I see somebody who wants to make you laugh. And I hope that in my lifetime, that when I'm gone, that... If you remember me, you remember, he made me laugh. He really made me laugh when I needed a good laugh, you know. When I first started out, I wrote a poem when I was with Sammy Davis Jr. one time called The Sound of Laughter. And I won't do the whole poem for you. In fact, I think it's in my book. It is in my book. I close with it. But the opening line is, as far back as I can remember or shortly thereafter, I love to hear the sound of laughter. And 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 the next line is whether grownups or children. It really didn't matter to me. If I could make you laugh, I was as happy as I could be. You know. So that's what I. That I made you laugh.
1: Tom Dreesen, the consummate kind and humble soul. He's so much more than he gives himself credit. He's a giant in my eyes, simply because he's a giant in his heart, in his intention throughout his friendships and family, and within his circles and communities. To know him is to know love, to know positivity, class, sincerity, goodness, and laughter. His talent far exceeds most, and his heart even farther. I adore his spirit, his light, and am proud to call him my Uncle Tom, no joke intended. Though it is funny, and he and I both are sometimes tickled by that. In the end, it's always all love. And good laughs. Thank you for listening to Here's to Life with Tori Reed, executive produced by Patrick Howell. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. Here's to Life with Tori Reed was brought to you in part by
2: The Hilton Sacramento Arden West in Sacramento, California, is committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivery of a clean stay from check-in to check-out. Located a couple of exits from downtown Sacramento and California's capital, our hotel provides a world-class stay, amenities, and rooms at the center of the California experience. California is a world-class economy with visionaries, doers, and dream catchers at its heart. Our mission, as with Here's to Life and Getting Deals Done, is the highest possible expression of excellence, business moxie, humanity, and client care. As the world moves at a fast and sometimes hectic pace, we will provide you with a peace of mind. The Hilton Sacramento Art in West is here to make your experience a better one. We look forward to receiving you. I am Ginger LaVert, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Hilton Sacramento Art and West. Our focus is on the customer experience and a pristine excellence. When you travel to Sacramento, stay with us and I guarantee your peace of mind. Check back with our page,
1: herestolifeeveryday.com for new episodes. And if you like this show, don't forget to hit subscribe and be sure to leave a comment, rate, or review wherever you're listening and share it if you can. So here's to life today and every day. So long for now.